I'm Stephen. And I'm Kevin. In today's episode of The Stephen and Kevin Show, we're going to talk about 10 personal branding essentials. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode number 47 of the Stephen and Kevin Show. Yep. Today, we're talking about 10 personal branding essentials. Sounds, and, uh, sounds like an interesting topic, doesn't it? Well, it is, especially for those who, who need some work on uh, personal branding. And uh, we all do, by the way. But before we jump into it, a shameless plug for our coaching program. This is an opportune time to get into coaching. It's time to look at your business. Are you on track? with your 27 goals so far. Mm -hmm. Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. Either way, you're going to do more with the help of a coach. You're going to do more activity. You're going to be more skillful, and you're going to run your team better. So if you haven't already, fill out a profile form. Talk with us. See if there's a fit with our coaching program. We would love to have you. Um, So as we get into this topic today, I, I want to start by reading a passage from... Theodore Levitt, his book, The Marketing Imagination, because uh, I think I think is actually really perfect for today's topic. <clears throat> and I'm going to read page 100 here. It says, what makes intangible products unique is that they are entirely non-existent before being bought, entirely incapable of prior inspection or review. So for that reason, the customer is forced to make judgments far more on the basis of what's asserted or implied about the product than with tangible products. Assertions and implications must therefore be more carefully managed than with tangible products. Now we're selling in a world of intangibles, right? So when you think about someone trying to make a decision to work with you, your personal brand, because truly you are the brand, is so important because they have to make these assumptions, right? Well, right. They're not coming into your office and sizing up the package that you have, the plan that you're delivering. They're not They're not able to inspect anything other than what you are as a person. Exactly. And so some of what we're going to be going through today are, you know, what makes someone seem uh, professional? What makes it, you know, if you were to walk into somebody's office, if you were to meet somebody out on the streets of your town, you know, what would give you the impression that either A, I'd like to do business with this person potentially, or B, Oh, boy. No thanks. Well, exactly right. So we're going to go through 10 kind of personal branding essentials, and these are all really important things to create that congruence that I think you're talking about, right? Um, We're going to start with number one here, and that is to always be punctual. I I feel like um, everyone has someone in their group of friends who is always late. Right, like you have this friend that is no, they're notoriously late for things, and they always say it's their wife, and the wife always says it's the husband. Yes, and then if pressed on it, they both say it's the kids. Yeah, but yeah, they're late. You know how to figure that out is when you hang out with just one of them when the other one's out of town. Are they late? And and you'll find out pretty quickly who it is. But um, the reality is, I think if you're not on time for things. Um, it just sends a signal to the other person that maybe you're a little scattered, maybe that you're always you're running behind constantly and that they're not as important. And, you know, I, I just think it's something when it comes to personal branding, you want to be on time. It's so controllable. Uh, certainly in, in, uh, in the office, right? We all know the importance yep. of, you know, if you have a nine o'clock appointment, you're there and you're ready at nine o'clock. If you say you're going to call at 1030, call at 1030. But even personally, I think this is important that if you're wanting to prospect socially, which the vast majority of you would like to do more business in your social circles and people you know through the community, the way you are personally 
it makes an exact bridge to the way you are professionally. Mm -hmm. So if I know you in the community, I know you're always late or you're always this or that. There's no doubt in my mind. You're the same way at the office. Yeah, exactly. Even if you say that you're you're not. Oh, I mean, we, yeah, we have, of course. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm never late for work, you know. No. Right. I mean, and I think too even even if you're like a couple minutes late for something to acknowledge that as well. So like even if you're, you know, you're not necessarily with with friends, but saying like if you're calling a client and you're 3 4 5 minutes late to say, "Hey, I apologize that I'm, you know, 3 minutes behind today or, you know, late." And, and I think that they'll they'll uh, appreciate that as well. Right. So, uh number 1, always be punctual. Number 2, being concise and conversational when speaking. This is a tough one for some people. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were brainstorming this outline last week. I had just gotten off a call with a guy, newer advisor, wanted to set up a call to talk about our coaching program. We didn't, in fact, talk very much about the coaching program at all. Why? <laughs> because we spent the entire half an hour with him talking. I, yeah. I mean, I literally might have gotten in three sentences. Right. And so... Most of you, if you're a talker, you kind of know it. Most mm-hmm. people do. But if you're unsure, this is something I read that I thought was good. It said that uh, think about the way that you're most likely to begin a conversation with somebody. Do you begin a conversation with somebody by talking about something that happened interestingly in your life, uh, a recent event with your kids, something happening in your life, or are you more likely to open up a conversation asking them about something going on with them? Oh, that's interesting. So if I haven't yeah. seen you for a while, Kevin, am I going to say, oh, yeah, let me tell you all about my trip? Or am I going to be saying, Kevin, yeah. tell me, how's uh, the little one, right? And I mean, think about this too. Like, have you ever gotten feedback from someone that where, where they say, oh, yeah, you're a talker? Or just like, you know, passively, oh, yeah, they're, they're a talker. And you kind of know it. Like, if you get feedback like that, then you need to really take it seriously, right? Yeah, and, and sometimes overcorrect a little bit. So yeah. let's say, you know, this is a tough thing for people to get. I, I was on a call last week with someone who had, who had professed a different person to being a little bit of a talker. One thing to understand, it's another thing to correct it, but you know, it's, it's like um, overcorrect it for a while. So plan in your next conversation with a client. So you've got some appointments coming up today or tomorrow more than likely. Plan to do a lot less talking than usual mm. and see how it goes. Just see how you like it. I bet you'll find the other person opens up quite a bit more. I bet you'll find it uh, somewhat difficult as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next one here is uh, number three is to have impeccable manners. This is doing the little things like opening doors for people, saying please, saying thank you, um, show people that they're appreciated, um, being respectful when you're addressing people and not necessarily saying, hey, you guys, but oh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, especially with clients, right? Um, and then also being very sincere with it too. I mean, don't just, you know, don't open the door and be like, yeah, you know, like, you know, you really, hey, you know, you you in, in slowing down with people, having impeccable manners is so important and uh, and people will take notice. The next one, thriving in social situations. Mm. And, and what we mean by thriving is that, you know, you're the life of the party. Well, not necessarily. <laughs> I'm, jo- I'm I mean, joking. <laughs> you, know, you don't have to be the life of the party, but you want to enjoy yourself in other people's company. You know, it's kind of part of the gig. If you're an advisor, for the most part, you want to be able to socialize with clients and prospective clients. It, it's part of relationship building. It's part of how you grow. Mm-hmm. But there are some people who blow that, right? We all have friends or we all have business associates who you like as a person, but you're a little leery of putting in front of other people, right? Right. And so thriving in social situations being, means being there, being in the moment, enjoying yourself, but not being overly uh, political, overly obnoxious, overly anything, really. Argumentative. Argumentative. Right. So uh, I think that's good. You have to be someone that 
other people are comfortable putting in front of their friends and family and, and so forth. Um, n- number five here, it's number five, right? Uh, make sure your attire is current, neat, and professional. And I'm going to share a little, just a quick little story here. When I first started, and I'm coming up on nine years here at the OI, when I first started, um, I remember Matt coming into my office and I knew something was on his mind and he came in, he sat down in the chair and he just kind of looked me up and down. He was giving you the slow look up and down. You know know the slow look up and down where it's just kind of like, okay. And, uh, (laughs) and I remember he said, um, so, and I I still remember it to this day. He said, so your dress, um, we got to do something about your dress. (laughs) And I was thinking, oh no, like I thought it was dressed pretty nice. Uh, and, you know, and he helped me in terms of kind of upgrading the way that I, that I present myself. But I mean, that stuff makes a huge difference, right? I mean, whether you're in, in the office, um, when you're taking a look at some of the research right now, I mean, the affluent don't necessarily expect that you're wearing a suit and tie every day, but they do like business casual and really smart, nice business casual. Um, and then also when you're out, right, when you're out socially with friends or you're at the grocery store or, um, oh gosh, you know, it's so funny coming full loop here. So Last week, um, I, um, I I went out just to grab, grab a, um, uh, some to-go pizza at a local joint here, and uh, Matt was there. And I came in, and I was wearing <laughs> Detroit Tigers shirt, and I had <laughs> flip-flops on. And, you know, I, I, my, my work game has been updated, but... My, um, I was just thinking, oh no. And he gave me, he gave me, an, he gave me another look up it just and, like nine um, years ago. And I was thinking, man, I need to upgrade that. But you know, it was like, I was just getting food to go and that was my, my thinking. But, um, anyway, I'm a little embarrassed to share those stories. You gave him some fuel to talk about with his buddies when you left. Oh, I'm good. sure they did. He gave, he gave me the look up and down. <laughs> Young so. people these days, you ought to see what Kevin flies in. Look I mean, at this millennial. You ought to see what Kevin flies in. He doesn't even wear a sport but You know, that, I think that's a generational thing, right? I think Definitely. the older generational when, uh, generation, when they fly, they like dress up to fly. Yeah. Right. I'm flying out today. I will be wearing a sport coat, but I did wear jeans. I confess. Yeah. I mean, but. we're like trying to be a little bit more comfortable when we fly. But anyway. Oh, uh, boy. So uh, another generational <laughs> thing to some extent is being up to date with technology. And I say that in jest. Uh, you know, there's some younger people who are lousy with it. And there's some older people who are great with technology. Uh, but being up to date with technology yes. is part of your personal brand. Why? I agree. Uh, you know, as I, was, as I was thinking about this, the bottom line for me is if you're really bad with technology, you're a pain in the ass for other people, right? <laughs> if you don't check email very often, if you don't text, I agree. Yeah. If you can't figure out how to send money to people wirelessly, if you're an advisor and you always have to have somebody else come in and, and help you with the technology in your office. It's kind of a pain in the neck. It's a delay. It's inconvenient. You're waiting on responses when there's no real need for it. We're talking about technology that can be learned pretty quickly. Um, I always, I'll throw my dad under the bus here. I mean, he leaves, leaves me voicemails that are like, hey, Kevin, it's your dad. Call me back. <laughs> and I'm just like, gosh, you know, I, I really went through all the process of listening to this voicemail for that. Like, why didn't you just text me? Or I saw that you called me. I will call you back, right? Yeah. But uh, he's, not, he's not the greatest with technology. Um, but, you know, there are some basics. It's not that everybody has to be into Snapchat and, and, no. and all the, the newest of new. But being up to speed with things that are pretty common fare now, like texting and email and doing those things pretty responsibly, responsibly is important. I totally agree. Um, The next one here is to never come across as salesy. So when you're thinking about your personal brand, you never want to be perceived as someone who is salesy, right? I mean, people will start avoiding you. Uh, I think it it builds a poor reputation. Uh, There was a, a client of mine a while back who said, and I always stuck with me. He said that when you hunt, people run, when you hunt, 
people run. So like if you come across like you're hungry for business, eh, people shy away from it. Mm. You never want to be perceived as someone who's selling something. The number eight, uh, being humble and grounded. And we run across this uh, from time to time. Um, I can certainly recall a few dinners I've had with advisors over the years where you felt like it was a little bit of a brag fest. Right. And most people aren't outright, outright, uh, outright braggers. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it's more of the subtle, subtle you know, name dropping out of context. Right. It's okay if you know Mr. or Mrs. Big in town, but you shouldn't be bringing up their name unless it was something entirely relevant. That's true. I think right. the name dropping is is definitely a big one. Country um, club dropping, neighborhood yep. dropping, kids. Yeah, how mm. cool and awesome your kids are. How smart everybody's what got an astronaut. What school that Johnny's going to and, and got accepted? Know, all good stuff if it's yep. within context. But yep. you can tell when somebody's coming across a little less humble, one uppers, if you will. Yeah. So so you come across better if you if you stay humble, you downplay your success. Right. Yep. Um, next one here is to always follow through on commitments. Again, another one that's totally within your control. But if you say that you're going to do something, do it. And people will start seeing and noticing that. Like if you say that I'm going to give you a call on Friday morning, actually do that. Right? I mean, how many, how many people don't do that stuff? Oh, right? I've totally had the feeling before where I've committed to something and immediately afterwards regretted it because I knew I wasn't going to follow through. Yeah. And right? so, Isn't that terrible? Well, that's interesting though. I mean, so, so don't make commitments that you're not going to keep. That's, that's the biggest part for me is like, don't, it's not the follow through part as much as it is not making commitments that you know you're not likely yeah. to keep. Yep. I wrote here, um, if you say you're going to call someone back, do it. If you say you're going to have their financial plan ready by next Friday, make that happen. Create reminders, triggers to help you remember those types of commitments um, so that you can create yeah. that congruence. And I think another part of that is over, what's the, the saying, under-promising, over-delivering. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I do make a time commitment now, I tend to make it a little bit further out, even though I know I'm probably going to knock it out sooner. Yeah. And, and I like to... Uh, I like I like the feeling of getting it done before somebody really expects it. Yeah, you know, and, and there's some people too. I mean, even thinking about like again the personal side of this, where they over they overcommit to a lot of stuff, even personally. Oh yeah, I'll be at that party, or I'll come to that workout, or I'll, I'll call you next week about getting together. Yeah, and then they just don't do it, or you know, and so just be a little bit more honest with yourself. I yeah. think it's like saying, yeah, actually, I probably am not going to make that Next time out. I come over, I'll bring your such and such you left to my house. Well, are you going to remember or not? Right. Well, I mean, I was just I was thinking about this the other day. I had a friend call me and say, hey, I really want you to come to this workout. It's at like 530 in the morning. And I just said, hey, man, I'm probably not going to make it. And I think he was expecting that I was going to say, we'll see. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll try. I'll try <laughs> and make it happen. It's like, man, I mean, don't count on me for that. Yeah. And, it, you know, because truly I I wasn't going to make it. It's 530 in the morning. Come on. Give me a break. It's not that early. <laughs> that last one. Drum roll, please. Uh, being organized is yeah. another one. I know these are some of the basics, but you know, when you spend enough time professionally around other people, whether it's advisors or any other occupation, you know there's one of these 10 that somebody misses, right? We yeah. all have our, our weaknesses in this. Being organized is something that uh, is another one all about congruency. If you're out uh, socially, let's say, or you're out, you, you've... Uh, you're picking people up for a night out. You have a car that is a total wreck. I was thinking of the car. Right? I was thinking There's stuff car. everywhere. Yeah. What do they think you're like at work? Do they think you're this highly <laughs> polished, organized person? Probably not, because you're not. Because exactly, because <laughs> you are not right. I mean, if you if you're not organized and tidy in your your personal life, you're probably not organized. You're most likely you're not in your in your professional life as and well. And we're not saying being totally nutty about it. Like you, you've been to some people's offices and it looks like they have a rental, you know, day, daily rental office because there's absolutely nothing. Thing on the desk, right? And they look like they don't have a lot going on. We're not <laughs> saying to go to that extreme of minimalism, but looking like.
like you have a bit of a system to what you're doing gives people comfort that you are, in fact, taking their financials seriously. Yes. And you're pretty organized with it, right? Yep, that's it. So these are 10. Uh, another shameless plug while we're at it today. Uh, we have a number of exercises that we put into our Affluent Marketing Symposiums. If you don't know, the, these symposiums are those we put together twice a year that are a day and a half worth of content built to help you grow your business. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of this is around personal branding. Sure. Small segment of our workshops is around personal branded where we take you through exercises like 360 branding to figure out all the way around. What are some things you ought to be working on? Yeah. Uh, but more importantly, we go through a lot of very tactical sales skills so that everybody who comes leaves out of there with an actionable game plan for bringing a new business. Mm-hmm. It's motivating and energizing. People leave out of there pumped. Uh, by the way, it's part of our coaching program. If you're one of our coaching clients, you get to come to any and all of those events and and interact with other coaching client peers, and we find that to be extremely helpful. Yeah, I mean, the peer sharing, we put you with, with like-minded peers in, in kind of these study groups during the actual event. Um, definitely definitely check out our events. You can go to oxy.com slash events and, and see the latest one that, that's going to be uh, coming up here in September in Charlotte. And we're taking suggestions. We're still mapping out our program for that's January true. slash February. So I think that's an important a, point, right? We're, we're keeping it fresh. We're keeping it fresh. We do. We do. The, these programs are different every time. Yeah. We we very purposefully, like literally right now, we're working on our program for September. Yeah. And this is months and months ahead because we want it to be dramatically different for people who come back every time. Yeah. I mean, if you just came to Austin and it's going to be different when you come in September. Which so, is, uh, you know. by the way, um, when I say we want suggestions on locations... Spare us from sending us your specific location. <laughs> We're not coming to Green Bay, Wisconsin <laughs> or, or, in or, or February. Casper, Wyoming. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We, we used to ask that question in feedback forms, Kevin. Yeah. And we finally cut it out because everybody put their own city. Yeah. Every feedback form had their own city of where you'd like the next event to be. Yeah. Or, you know, some of them are very, like, destination spots, too. Like, they want they want the Caribbean somewhere or something. Yeah. So, anyway. I'm still lobbying for one of those. But for I would love reasons. one of those. So. Uh, well, hey, thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll catch you next time.